0: Hey everyone, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So uh, I'm obviously on location here, um, but I'm flying back today. Uh, I've just spent a beautiful week with my team. This is the third annual Bright Line Eating team uh, next year planning event. We have to get together live face to face once a year um, just to plan the next year. And uh, we're a virtual team. We're scattered all over the country, one in Canada. uh, and we mostly just work remotely and use video conference to do all our work, which is actually pretty effective. But um, we get together live for the family reunion, which happens in San Diego every June, and um, at the end of the year in December to plan the next year. So anyway, we've been here for a week. It's been wonderful, super relaxing, and just um, I just love um, my team so much. And and it's it's sort of a big love fest when we get together. There's just a lot of laughter and a lot of fun. Um, and if you're following along last week i recorded a vlog called sweet surrender and um within i don't know a few hours it it was clear that it was getting i I don't know what exactly maybe five or ten times the normal number of comments just a just an outpouring of love and comments and um i just want to thank you so much for uh showering me with that love it was a vulnerable vlog to record and um what I shared was essentially that I'd gotten in trouble with my food and I'd I'd experienced a surrender again with my food and I I just want to share what it's been like for me in the aftermath of that um because I had to get on a plane and travel and uh, travel and restaurants are the two things you know and big emotional life circumstances like stress and emotions travel and restaurants are like in my experience the the three biggest things that can throw us off our bright lines so Um, I didn't love that I had to get on a plane, uh, right away, but such is, uh, life. And I was certainly looking forward to being with my team and doing the work that we were going to do together here. Um, and what's interesting is that my food's been fine and, uh, more than fine. It's been like, um, like a non-issue and, um, it's been neutral is the word for it. And that's the name of this vlog: food neutrality, um. I was email corresponding with a friend of mine and he wrote me an email that said something like, I think I know you well enough to know that you and food will always be at odds, but I'm glad that you're winning the battle for now or something like that. And when I read that sentence, I was like, no, we won't. (laughs) No, we won't. Like, um, I've had years of food neutrality. And like, I'm doing whatever it takes to get back there. Like, I, I know that since the time I've known him well, uh, food and I have been at odds, but, um, the point of bright line eating is that, is that, uh, us and food are not at odds. Like it's the point of bright line eating is food neutrality in my opinion. So, I mean, I know that we, we market the point of bright line eating as living happy, thin and free. And I think that that, um, that's one way to phrase the, the end point, the goal um, what's sort of on offer here, living happy, thin and free. Um, I think food neutrality is, for me, it it, it feels like the point. And um, I just want to talk a little bit about what that means. Like, what is food neutrality? What does it mean? What does it look like? How do you get it? Who wants it? Um, I think that the higher you are on the susceptibility scale, like if you're a one on the susceptibility scale, you already have food neutrality. Like, it's your birthright. You were just given it. You don't even know what it's like to not have food neutrality. If you're a three on the susceptibility scale, you almost always have food neutrality. The higher you are on the susceptibility scale, the more you know what it's like to have food kind of, um, you know, be the bull in the china shop of your life, like just taking over and um, not in a good way, not in a good way. And... You know in my experience the goal for those of us who are really high on the susceptibility scale is to quiet that down to get peace and um, the the trouble is that food is delicious and necessary for survival and a a part of lots of celebrations and family circumstances it's a part of bonding Um, and a lot of us have a lot of our identity wrapped up in like, you know, maybe we have, for me, I had a history as a baker. I was like an amazing baker when I first started doing this and an amazing cook from the age of eight, I was an amazing cook. Um, and I know that, you know, for a lot of people, there's all the, all these attachments to food that can make it hard to let go and surrender and allow it to be neutral, right? So um, I, I, in the 12 step um, program, where um you know most of what we do here at Brightline Eating is derived from. Um the old timers talk a lot about food neutrality. It's the word that they use. My food is neutral. Like when they say that, we all know what they mean. Like my food is neutral means life is swirling, but my like my food is not an issue. At breakfast time I weigh my food, I eat my meal, I don't think about it again. At lunchtime, I weigh my food, I eat my meal, I don't think about it again. Like there's no issue. There's no issue. My, I'm in a right sized body and my food is neutral. And um, because I come um, from a background with drugs and alcohol and recovery over there, I just wanted to read something from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I've got a big book on my phone, but I'm using my phone to record this right now. So um, so I couldn't use that. So I actually like wrote it down on a piece of paper. I knew exactly what the phrase was. I knew exactly what to Google to find the page. It's on page 40, uh, 84 and 85 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And if you don't mind, I'm going to switch the words from alcohol and liquor and drinking to like food and sugar and flour and eating just so you can put it in context, okay? All right, so this is starting on page 84 of the big book, um, which is the book called Alcoholics Anonymous, if you don't know. Uh, the Big book is a nickname. It's not an especially large book. Anyway, okay. So it says, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone even food, for by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in excess food. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward our eating and our weight has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes, that's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it nor are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual conditions. So I love that reading. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected, safe and just in a position of neutrality. That's how my food has been this whole time. And, um, you know, we're flying back today and, um, a bunch of us live in Rochester, uh, Christine Davis, who's our chief of staff here at Brightline eating. She's, um, she lives in Rochester, my husband, David, uh, a bunch of us. And, um, You know, I went for a walk this morning with Chris and and we were talking, she was asking me about my food. She's been supporting me since we've been here. Every morning we go for a walk and uh, say the serenity prayer together and I commit my food to her for the day. And um, she was like, we we started talking about our our food um, because we've got flights and it's a red eye and you know, things get a little, time zone changes, things get a little crazy like that. And um, you know, I just, want to have all my food weighed and ready when I step into the airport. Like I'm not, I'm not playing with anything, I'm not playing, but just like I'm not leaving anything to chance to later because I'm in a state, I'm so fresh off that surrender. So like, you know, whatever, two weeks ago that, um, I don't want to, um, leave anything chance. Like I want to protect my neutrality. I'm so neutral right now and it's so beautiful. Like, honestly, I haven't thought about food for ten minutes since I've been here. Like it's just not even in my even when I'm eating it, I'm not even thinking about it. Like I'm just eating my food and like on to the next thing. There's this great saying: um, we keep our food black and white so we can live our life in living color. And you know, since I've been here, it's just been life that's been vibrant. It's not food food has not been the thing. So you know, Chris was saying, well, we got three hours in the airport. Like it's it's dinner time, so find a meal there. And I'm like, yeah, no. I'd rather for me, I'd rather have fourteen ounces of vegetables, a protein and a fat weighed out in my bed. She's like, that makes sense. But her, she's gonna find her meal in the airport, which I have done a gazillion times. And I've often bragged, like, I can get a bright line meal in an airport at four in the morning anywhere. Like it you know, it's not the food. The issue is like, what is it gonna take for you or for me to stay neutral at any given moment? And when you're newer or fresh off a break in the bright lines, or life is more stressful. Um, or circumstances are just more pressing, sometimes there's really a lot of value in just being conservative with the food and protecting that neutrality. Um, Other times you kind of can sense, you know what, it's not my saboteur, it's really my highest self saying, I'm gonna trust and I'll be fine. And I've done that a lot too and been fine with it. Um, Not now, not now, I'm protecting my, my bright lines and really sort of dotting the I's and crossing the T's because I want to protect this neutrality. I know how this goes. If I protect this neutrality, it grows and gets more solid. It grows and gets more solid. And before I know it, I can travel around the world and get a meal in an airport and it's, it ain't no thing, you know, I'm, I stay neutral, but like, you kind of got to earn that, you know, and if food's been squirmy squiggly, not good for a while. Yeah. You kind of got to earn that back. So, um, I want to speak a little bit to folks who are like not tens on the susceptibility scale. Like if you're a little lower on the susceptibility scale, um, food neutrality might not be exactly the goal for you. Your goals might be to live in a right sized body and to have, um, a wonderful relationship with food that feels empowering, but like you might want to focus on it a little bit more than say like I do. Like for me, my relationship with food is burned out. Like there's no part of me that wants to like, like carve out time in my life to explore new recipes, for example. No, like for me, that's like giving time to food that I don't want to give anymore. Like food has, I mean, okay, I'm gonna use a strong word here. Food has raped me my whole life. Like just, I don't even want to be in the same like, you know, like I love my food to be delicious, but in that neutral kind of way. Like for me, chasing the like, making food more sexy thing is like, it just feels like, it just feels like giving points to the enemy. I'm just, I'm not doing it, you know what I mean? So, but I know that's not everybody's experience and brainline Eating is roomy and we have people here from all points on the susceptibility scale, you might not have been beaten up by food the way I have. And you might be like, you know, if I could just be thin and like, keep making amazing dinner, you know, food for dinner parties and stuff, like maybe that's your goal, which I think is fine. Like, I got no judgment about that. I'm just speaking to the experience of people who are higher on the scale like I am. You know, I think we all get to define what, um, what the goal is. Um, I think that the way to protect food neutrality, if you decide that you want it, um, is to stay surrendered, which is hard and just notice um, what's taking up space in your brain, like when the loop starts of like, so let me give you an example. I remember uh, sometimes if I'm traveling, I know there's going to be a certain restaurant somewhere and I start to think about what I'm going to order in that restaurant. It might be a month away, but I'll be in my morning meditation thinking about what I'm going to order in a restaurant a month from now. Like if you find that in your quiet moments, you're thinking about say what you're gonna serve for a dinner party on Christmas or, you know, whatever, like, and you're sort of going through like, hmm, like that's a red flag right there. Like that's not neutrality, right? When we're starting, like I, I'm going on a Disney cruise in February with my family and I'm already thinking about the food on that cruise. Like I, I so I can tell, and part of me wants to like allow for a sexier meal here or a whatever there and like, okay, so now I'm learning something right here as I talk. Like, okay, keep that really simple that let that go let it go keep it simple um, yeah for me it's such a win to just live in a right-sized body and have food be not an issue there's so much life to be lived the last thing I want to say though is that um, true food neutrality for uh, for a food addict for someone who's high on the susceptibility scale is scary why is it scary because it leaves this deafening silence behind and this big empty hole from all of the hours and minutes and years and focus and around and around and around that food and weight and everything has taken up. Like if you're like me, you know, at at the peak of your life, 60 to 95% of your thinking was focused on what you'd eaten or not eaten, whether you were on your plan or off your plan, how much you weighed, how much you didn't weigh, how many miles, how many ounces, how many pounds, how many calories, on and on and on. And what I'm talking about is like removing that entirely. And it leaves a vacuum. Like it starts to leave the question of like, can I really be peaceful in an entirely silent moment? Can I just let the peace be there? Do I have enough? Meaning and other things in my life to fill up that space. Like, who am I if you remove all of that? And I, after coaching so many people in Brightline Eating, I think for a lot of people, that's the issue. It's like Brightline Eating starts to do its magic, it starts to remove the issue. And then the unknown of the gap that's left over when the food starts to get removed is scary. And so unknowingly we do things to pull that problem back because it's a very familiar problem. Like we know the deal with obsessing about that food. So we pull the problem back. So, um, you know, inner work is the answer to that. You know, um, Brightline Healing is coming up again in the new year. And, um, you know, that is the course that teaches people how to come home to self when the food is, you know, can we let go of the food to come home to self? So I just spent a week being very home with self, home with my team, food not an issue, food completely neutral, and I just wanted to share my thoughts on food neutrality. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.